Hey, today I'm looking forward to my conversation with Carl Utter, founder of Contractor Growth Strategy. Carl is a sales trainer, among other things, and is the only sales trainer I know that focuses on painting contractors like you. He has adapted my favorite sales system to the painting contractor that results in fewer tire kickers, more engagement, and higher close ratios at higher job sizes. So I hope you're excited for this episode. I know I am. So let's get into it. My name is Scott Lawler, and I'm a 35-year veteran of the painting industry where I've been part of growing several multi-million dollar painting companies. I have worn all the hats and have experienced everything you have experienced, are experiencing, or will experience. There is lots of chatter about getting to a million dollars, but what very few focus on is what it takes to blast through Death Valley and create the multi-million dollar company of your dreams. We don't focus on fads, tricks, or shortcuts. We focus on solid foundational business principles and data that deliver results. This is the Consulting for Contractors Beyond a Million Dollar Podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Carl. Thanks for being here. Scott, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a few weeks now. Awesome. So start us off by telling us a little bit about your journey, uh, how you got here. Tell us about your early adult life. And, and uh, you know, I know you did some work in the sales arena there. So just give us a overview of how this all started. Yeah. So uh, in my early days, Scott, I was uh, an aspiring musician. And I learned it. I learned that Scott, I did everything backwards. I went from being a thriving musician to a starving salesman. <laughs> <laughs> That's unique. It is unique. Usually, it's the other way around. You know, it's the starving musician, right, that has to go find a job. But I was actually doing pretty good. And my father, who I always looked up to, suggested that you know it was time to get serious about a career. Uh, and he had the foresight to realize that I probably went about as far as I was going to go in music uh, and I needed to make some real money. So uh, I, I took a job in sales and realized very quickly I was very bad at it, uh, that having a personality was not enough to ensure success. So, um, but, you know, when I was, uh, taking my first job, they sent me away for two weeks for sales training. And, you know, when I saw the guy up on the stage delivering the training, I said to myself, that's what I'm going to do. No kidding. Yep. Yep. So, uh, I sold insurance door to door, X little 40 and $60 insurance policies with a company called, uh, combined life. And, uh, I did that for a year. Uh, and, I was fortunate. I got turned on to um, a lot of great information at the time in the 80s. There was a lot of new things, you know, starting to percolate its way up. NLP being one of them uh, that I immediately kind of latched on to. And, uh, you know, just loved the whole training and development field. Um, and uh, in the 90s, I had worked my way up to a VP of sales. I had uh, about 16 people working for me. Uh, and in 1994, we were Inc. Magazine's second fastest growing company in the United States. We were growing at a rate of about 5,000% a year, uh, which enabled our president, Sherry, to sell the company. Uh, so we ended up selling the company to a firm out of Chicago. I'm sorry, out of San Francisco. And uh, oh, it wasn't probably five months later uh 
we had the FBI kick in the door, come in and close our business down completely. Uh, we had actually sold the company to some bad people. Oh, so okay. I found myself out of work. And uh, one of the guys that I was buying sales training from said, why don't you come sell sales training? And I went, well, well you know, hemmed and hawed, talked to my wife. So I started selling sales training and I showed up on my first day at work. I'll never forget. It was July 3rd because the next day was July 4th. And I said to Al, I said, Al, I'm here. I'm ready. When do I get to start training? And Al says, Carl, come here. Let me show you something. And he takes me out into this empty classroom. And he says, you see all those chairs? I go, yep. He goes, as soon as you fill them, you can start training. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I go, Al, that sounds a lot like sales. He goes, exactly. He goes, we are a sales training organization, first and trainers second. So um, I went, okay, how do I, how do I get started? So he gave me a phone book and said, start calling people out of the yellow pages. And I just started cold calling people. I started with the Zs because nobody ever called anybody with a Z. We worked our way backwards. Yeah, you know, it was kind of the idea was that, you know, everybody quits around D when you're cold calling. Um, and I committed, I, I, you know, and uh, I, you know, I learned the hard way, old school, you know, just dialing for dollars, a lot, a lot of rejection and uh, had to, had to find some ways to, you know, creatively reframe what the objection meant. And probably one of the best things I ever learned. And this is great. If you've got commercial guys out there who are trying to, um, trying to develop some new accounts and stuff. We always set a goal to have like 10 no's a day. That was our goal. You know, get your 10 no's and then stop. And uh, funny thing happens when you're looking for no sky. You stumble in by accident to a couple of yeses. Isn't that something? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was like, uh, oh, I, I like I like this. So, you know, as long as I can get a few yeses, I can deal with some no's. And was probably, uh, you know, it was in a field where many of us were called, but very few survived it. And, uh, you know, I was kind of lucky that way. Awesome. All right. I'm taking notes here because uh, there's a lot of good stuff here. So I want to keep going. I don't want to stop you, but I'll, I'll interject later. So you did that and had some success or what was your next step then? Well, I, I would say some success. I'm looking back now, having some perspective, I was probably a lot more successful than I gave myself credit for, um, you know. Um, and uh, so I did that for about three, four years. Uh, the guy who brought me in decided he wanted to sell it. At the time, I was in Albany, New York. And uh, the nickname of Albany, New York is Smallbany. Small, Smallbany. We are the capital of New York. So there's a lot of institutional business here, but business, business, not so much. So uh, I went down to Philadelphia, got to got to spend a couple of years working with my mentor and uh, watched watched a pretty amazing guy operate and, and learned a lot. 2000, I uh, decided to, to venture out on my own. I didn't want to share my, uh, you know, I was doing all the work finding the business, closing it, training it, and giving away half the money. It just sure. economically did make sense to do that, even though, you know, I was uh, learning a lot. And uh, so I went, I went on my own and uh, 
grew my own business uh, right up till about 2010. And then uh, between my parents and stuff, we, my wife and I decided it was time to come back home. So, you know, after 17 years in Philadelphia, we, we came back home and uh, I, I took I started out working a job again and realized very quickly, Scott, I'm a terrible employee. <laughs> Knowing you a little bit, that doesn't even shock me slightly. I figured it wouldn't. Uh, and I was terrible. I was terrible, you know. And uh, so uh, 2016, I decided, you know, it's time to, you know, it's time to reopen the business. COVID hit and uh, I looked around and it seemed like most of my business was coming from my old painting clients, you know, from, from 2005. Uh, like one of my clients, I'm now like, it, it, it's the second generation I'm working with. So, um, and, and guys that used to work for him have gone off and worked in other parts of the country. And now they're sending me their salespeople. So, um, you know, and, and guys like you, who, you know, you and I are past cross what probably 2004, 2005, six, yep. somewhere in that era. And, mm-hmm. you know, here we are on a podcast together. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Excellent. So if I was to, give you the mic which you already have um tell me tell me your philosophy of sales or why do people need sales training and and you know what keeps people from thinking used car salesmen you know what's your philosophy why 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 do people need your services and why do you you know why do you do this why do i do this wow that's uh, what they need and why i do it wow that's um that's a good, that's a deep question for a Monday. <laughs> uh, now I know how my clients feel when I put yeah, them on the go. hot seat, Scott. Um, well, we'll start with, why don't you just start with here, this? Wh- why do you think people would benefit from a sales trainer? So I can tell you from experience that um, most people out there don't have a real sales system, at least in our world, working with painting contractors, they don't have a sales system. They go out and they sell by the seat of their pants. And oftentimes they're coming in, they're sort of looking at work, spitting some features and benefits out, and then hoping they get get sales. And you know what? It worked for a few years there when when there was more business out there than there were people to fill the work. Um, people got fat, dumb, and lazy. And, uh, and now they're just late. Now they're just dumb. Uh, <laughs> they ain't fat anymore. Uh, you know, leads of leads have dried up. So, so people have to compete. And, and what I've come to realize is that in the, in the residential trades, especially, and even more so in the commercial trades is there's nobody, nobody out there is being trained in how to present a value proposition for the customer. In other words, the people we work with, Scott, tend to have real businesses with real cost. So they can't compete with the guy that doesn't have, you know, chucking a truck. You can't sure. compete with that. But on price, you can't compete on price. So the question is, if you're not competing on price, what are you competing on? And and if that's, you know, if that's service and quality, then that's not enough to say, well, we offer service and quality, which is what right. quality and service companies say. We offer good service, good quality, right? 
what does that mean to the customer, right? What does that, how do we put that in terms the customer can relate to that? And that's why people uh, in our industry need sales training. They need to learn how to communicate the value proposition and, and, and ask better questions and, and actually have a structured call where, you know, we're going out, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk face to face for maybe 10 minutes. Then I'm going to look at the work. Then we're going to give you a price and then I'm going to tell you why we're a good fit for you. Um, and, but if we don't sit down and ha- ask those questions and find out what's really driving the customer, people buy emotionally. We all know that. The question is, how do you uncover what those dominant emotions are? And how do you show somebody that what we do fits exactly what you want most if we don't take the time to learn about them and what's driving them? Yeah, I love it. So just let me pause here and uh, for those listening, highlight a couple of things that Carl just said that are gold, okay? Um, The first thing is that during the uh, good years, people were just uh, selling uh, what he called features and benefits. And what we know is those are things that, you know, like he said, quality, right? How, How many people come into a sales call and say, just want you to know we are not quality. We are not insured. We don't use good products. I mean, those are things that are baseline. We don't even think hardly worth mentioning because everyone is has that. So uh, selling features and benefits uh, worked because um, as Gittimer says, you showed up, you were breathing. And if you gave them an estimate, you're going to get one in three. And and some, some companies said, oh, you're successful. We'll keep you. Um, but then when it got rough, that wasn't good enough. And the second thing Carl said is most people don't have a system, a system that starts at point A all the way to either a yes or a no. And by the way, a no is okay because as you referenced earlier, um, uh, just uh, doing his cold calls, he wanted to get to 10 no's, right? Well, if anyone stops at two, uh, they never get to the, uh, the chance to have the accidental yes, right? So the idea of a no is okay. And, and I think sometimes we think that um, we need a yes every time, and um, that's not necessarily the case. So that 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 people don't have a sales system is is awesome. So great stuff. And the other thing, Scott, too, to build off what you said is, customers don't want to be sold today. They don't want to be sold, you know. And and so what they do is they keep salespeople at arm's length. And and in order to take that wall down, you really have to take the time to build very strong rapport and strong trust. I mean, customers inherently mistrust contractors. Yeah. So you, you've touched on it, but just give me a little traditional uh, paint contractor sales, you know, the, the one that the one that we all abhor and makes us cringe. What, what's the, what is their current system, if there was any? You mean uh, the paint contractors? Yeah, the contractor, yeah. Yeah, you mean the... the, the Though, uh, can, can I have, can I use salty language or are you going to edit this out later on? All right. Can we do a PG version? <laughs> okay. I can, I can make that work. Uh, so, so I say that they show up, they throw up, they screw up. And I have a much better euphemism for, <laughs> for screw up. Yes. And they follow up. Yep. Right. So, yep. um, you know, and, and they lose, they lose, they lose control of the sale, and and never really make the sale, you know. And yeah. and I always say that most most 
good salespeople, the good ones, I'm talking about the good ones that want to get better, very rarely do they do anything wrong. It's that they don't do enough things right because they don't know what those things are. And that's all because they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Um, One of the things, what Carl's talking about here, I call that really more of an estimator. They, the salesperson has the system and asks good questions and has a, a system, whereas an estimator shows up and says, show me what you want painted. I will give you some kind of written or electronic estimate. That's an estimator. Yeah. That's not a salesperson. A salesperson understands what the buying criteria is, how to understand and read the customer, and if they can deliver what they're looking for, deliver it at their price. That's a salesperson to me. Agreed? Yeah. And and I'll go a step further, and a real good salesperson also recognizes when the criteria, the criteria of the buyer doesn't match the offer. Yeah. Yeah. And love it. Gets out of there. Gets, you know, go, you know, you're, you're better off working with, with somebody else. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned LNP. Uh, t- give us a quick overview of that. Well, uh, you know, it's it's ancient history now, but back in the 80s and 90s, it was pretty cutting edge stuff. Um, but NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and it's the study of how people take in information through their five senses and then make meaning of their experience through the use of language, right? And then how we react to that meaning, which are the programs that are automatic, unconscious programs that sort of run in the background. Um, so NLP gives us sort of a way into understanding what somebody's experience is and a way to use language, the structure and sequence, the way we talk about what we do. So it kind of matches the way somebody thinks about purchasing services. So when we can we can better match how your customer comes to that decision, um, you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna create that slight edge that's gonna give you a, a real advantage in the marketplace. Yeah. So, could you give me one example of that? You know, that we so people can understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You know, I, I'll give you two. One is really obvious, right? You've got some buyers that are visual, some buyers that are auditory, and some buyers that are kinesthetic. And I find most of the people know that, but they don't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? The other thing is you always want to know is all behavior is based on pain or pleasure. Is your customer moving towards a result they want or are they moving away from a problem they don't want to repeat? So one of the things we always have our clients do is we call it the pain gain value proposition. And that's find out a little bit about what has their experience been in the past with with. Uh, professional services you know it's been good been bad you know if you've been around if you've been around for a while you've hired somebody on the cheap or really screwed up you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and probably have left you with the uh taste in your mouth that you know you get what you pay for which is true Mm -hmm. you get what Mm -hmm. you pay for you know when you buy cheap you get unorganized unprofessional and and mismanaged uh projects um that eventually get done um Sometimes half-assed, sometimes not, you know, clean, sometimes not neat. Sometimes you got to have back two, three times to get it done right. But when you buy quality, you know, you're getting, you're getting an entire company dedicated to your, 
your positive experience. Uh, and that's huge. That's huge. And, and that's kind of the way we try to get our clients to think about it is there's a value in that. Well, we are about halfway through this episode of the Beyond a Million Dollar podcast from Consulting for Contractors, and we still have some great content left for you. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to let you know about some resources that are available to you via the show notes. You'll find links to our website, social media outlets, and highlights of this show. You'll even be able to schedule a discovery call with Scott and our team to find out how consulting for contractors can help your contracting business. It's very low pressure. We'll ask you just a couple questions, see what your current situation is, and then get you started toward the contracting business of your dreams. The best part about it, it's completely free. So just click on the link in the show notes, or you can visit our website at www.consulting4.com contractors.com and reach out to us there. Again, that website is www.consulting4contractors.com. Now here's the remainder of the show. So let's shift from the system that most people are using and let's talk about a system that would be better, or if it's fair to say your system, which is absolutely the best selling system on the planet for painting contractors. Without question. You know, if you don't believe me, just ask me. <laughs> um, but you know what? In, in all fairness, Scott, right? If you don't have conviction in what you sell, if you don't believe that what you're selling is of the highest quality, and then you should be selling it, right? Or right. go fix your conviction. So I believe in what I do. And I've also seen what it's done for people. You know, it's... It, there's very few examples of people that have a that have applied what they've learned and failed. There, I can't think of any. You know, generally, it you know, if you work the system, the system works. Um, and it's 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 really going in and establishing an agenda, a mutually agreed upon agenda. Right, we're not strong arming customers. Uh, we are trying to ask questions and do things that are in their best interest and, and help the customer understand through the strategic use of questions that what you really want most is not a cheap price, but what you really want most is a good quality job by somebody who's going to show up when they're going to. Somebody's going to deliver what they promise and it's going to be there to, to answer any questions you have, clean up when they're done. And, and and provide a really good warranty so that if anything does go wrong, you know that they're going to be back to fix it. Because they're not looking to be, to get your money. They're looking to get your business. And that's a longer term. That's a longer term relationship. It's not as transactional. So, sure. so it's a, it's a very, it's a very systematic how we go through that and how we uncover what's most important to the client and then take some time at the end to present very, very persuasively. And, and, you know, we all know that people buy emotionally and defend it with logic and reason, but nobody knows how to sell emotionally. They don't understand how to tap into those emotions and get the customer to understand that the emotional experience they're going to have is far going to exceed a cheap price. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you teach clients that 
are not normal or maybe they should be normal, but you, you know, I'm thinking about on the way call. I'm thinking about the pre-engineered agreements. Uh, take us through agenda. Some of these things, agenda, walking right? in a setting, setting an agenda and setting yeah. an agenda that's mutually beneficial, uh, taking control of the sale as opposed to following the customer. Um, and also I think Scott, what I'm finding is probably the most unusual, which is a big surprise that I've kind of after about two years, I've kind of realized now that people aren't doing this is there's no formal presentation of the offer. Mm. And I'm not talking about the written estimate. I'm talking about, here's what we're going to deliver. Here's the main feature. Here's why that feature is important. And here is the, here is the, uh, experiential and emotional benefit of that feature. And, 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 and putting that in terms of, uh, you know, experience, you know, it's like one of my, one of my famous sayings are, you know, Hey, you know, imagine you come home from a hard day at work and you look at your house freshly painted as you realize you have the most beautiful home in the neighborhood, just that a neighbor walks by and says, Scott, your, your place is looking great. You're making the rest of us look bad here. Slow down, buddy. Your place is looking awesome. My wife's now bugging me. Uh, who'd you have painted, right? You know, when you can put the customer and get them to picture that that's the experience they're going to have, game over. Yeah. Talk Talk to us a little bit about pre-engineered agreements. What does that mean? How are they used and why are they important? Uh, so pre-engineered agreements are pre, right? So so pre meaning mean you have to you have to agreement, you know, uh, engineered is something you uh, you engineer, you design it. So you want to create these agreements in advance, you know, and 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 one of the ways that you create that is by asking, you know, if we were to do this for you, what would we be able to expect in return? And it's based on it's based on the notion that that you are you are providing a, a service when you when you do an estimate, you're providing a service. What goes into that estimate is not free. It's not free, right? Doesn't it's free to the customer, but your knowledge, your expertise, your time, your attention, all those things go into your estimate. And as a salesperson, you have rights just like the customer has rights. And you have the rights for ask for something in return for that. And that's called consideration, right? Out of basic business law. If I do this for you in consideration of that, would you do something for me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that something may be, you know, Scott, if you decide to go with someone else, you know, would, would you do me the courtesy of having a quick five-minute conversation to help me understand, you know, what went into that decision so we can improve our sales and marketing. Um, so you want to get something in return. My stronger clients will ask for a decision. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll say something like, you know, I'll be more than happy to provide you a free estimate. If you like what we offer you, um, you know, if you don't like what we're offering, I assume you're going to tell me no. Would that be fair, Scott? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, if you like it, you know, um, would you be in a position to tell us whether or not you're going to move forward with us? I'm okay with yes. I'm okay with no. 
But can we avoid the typical, you know, I don't want to chase you. I don't want to be a pest. Just if it's going to be a no, just tell me it's no. Uh, That is one of the concepts, one of the several concepts that I've learned through Carl's training that is amazing. If you have salespeople that say, "Um, I just can't get the customer to answer my call or I can't do this or I can't get them to do that, it's because you failed at this step. Um, I think we're uncomfortable doing what Carl just explained, which is, hey, it's okay if it's a no, but um, will you make a commitment to me to tell me and to answer my call? And even better is to um, make an appointment at that moment to say, could I call you next Thursday or would Friday be better so that they're conditioned that this is going to happen. And that's also a reason why I advise people to call and not use email because um, I have people that email me 5,000 times, uh, am I going forward? And it's very easy to blow off your email. And sometimes, um, and by the way, I am your client. Um, I sometimes want your service, but I'm a little bit bummed at the price and I need a little love. I need a phone call. Hey, Scott, I know a little more than you wish, but we are going to blow it out of the water. You're going to love it. Let's move forward. And then I go, okay, right? I need that. But email can't give me that, you know, hey, you're putting this effort. You're doing this follow-up. You're, you're actually fulfilling the agreements we made, which is a, which is, um, helps me think that probably since you're doing these things that you promised, you're probably going to do the job like you promised. But when you send me an email, I'm like, uh, They've got a huge automation, and I'm just going to ignore them forever. Yeah. Even worse, Scott, I see a lot of people prejudge. They think they, a lot of good mind readers out there. Oh, that person's never going to do business. They're never going to pay our price. I hate that. Oh, it's like, how do you know? And, And your job is to sell the value of your offer. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know, just a lot of people out there just running around trying to take orders. Um, and yeah. what you just said is really important. The, uh, you know, the number one, you want to get in person. And I tell people, if it's a big sale and it's February, you know, and you're in, you're in the Northern hemisphere, you know, the, you know, anything North of, uh, uh, Oklahoma, you know, <laughs> where we have winters and things are slower, you know, season, yeah. your business is more seasonal. Get in person. Go back. If it's a decent size sale, get back in front of them. So the the most powerful thing you can do is get in front of somebody again. The second most powerful thing you can do is make a phone call. The yeah. least powerful thing you can do is text or email. Yeah. Yep. So talk Sorry. to me a little bit. Of, that's fine. Love it. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, this. Um, your your feeling and 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 how you teach people about money budgets. You know, it's unpolite to talk about money, Carl. Um, tell tell me a little bit about your philosophy and 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 what where does the discussion of money come up in a sales call? Yeah, so so um, there's there's two elements to money, right? There's there's what you do, and then there's how you feel about talking about it. And um, money is something that it's a skill talking about money is a skill it's a behavior and a mindset meaning meaning there's a way to do it 
that is eloquent and works. Um, there's ways that don't work. You know, you just can't come out and say, what's your budget, you know, and, and stop there. If that's, if that's all you have, right, that's your money game. That's your game right there. And it ends there. You know, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over expecting a different result, right? It doesn't, that doesn't work. Um, so, so first of all, you have to be comfortable with money. It's a mindset, right? And it's an important part of any sale. The other thing too is, um, I've become a huge uh, advocate of and added it to all my training now is price conditioning, is that you have to anchor, this is another NLP term we use, Scott, but you have to anchor people at a higher price than you're going to deliver, right? And so by the time they hear the price, and we call that, and that's based off of uh, uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini's notion of contrast. Right. If you can contrast your number with a higher number, it makes your number seem lower. Uh, it it just works. It, the science is there. It's it's proven to work. So we use a lot of price conditioning to get people ready for the price we're going to deliver to them. And we also let people know that we're going to bust our butt to get them the best price we can. Listen, Scott. You know. Um, you know, I know you said you you know you were hoping this would come in around ten thousand, and I'm telling you it's going to come in between fifteen and eighteen. And Scott, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to bust my butt to get this price down as low as I can. I may not get it to ten, and probably won't. You know, I've done three houses like this this week, and these are all coming in between fifteen and eighteen. But I think you would be a good client for us, and I know we'll do a good job for you. So I'm going to work really, really hard to get to as close to your price as I can. You love me now. You love me. You know, you love me. I not only not only am I setting a high number, but I'm also telling you I'm going to work for you on your behalf to get you what you want, right? So now I've got contrast working for me and this notion of likability, you know? Uh, I'm not going to get into neuroscience today, but one of the likability is such a powerful factor when people are making buying decisions. Carl, you've talked about a few bits and pieces, but just tell me a little bit about why your system works. Well... Great question, Scott. And, uh, you know, I'm asked that quite a bit. And it's funny. It's something I have forgotten. You know, I've taken it for granted. I've been doing it for so long. But what I've kind of realized again is that we, we employ an adult learning strategy and it's based on providing, we provide our training in small doses right? Small. So it's smaller doses of, of training spread out over a longer period of time, right? So it's incremental and then it's reinforced. So what we do is we deliver, we deliver the training in eight to 10 weeks, but then we reinforce it for a year. So, so it's like we teach you the words. We teach you all the words and the alphabet and the words, right? Over 10 weeks. And then what we do is we spend the next year helping you work those things into your sales call. Uh, so this notion of ongoing reinforcement is, I believe, what really separates what I do from just about anybody else offering any kind of sales training to painting contractors. Yeah, I agree. And uh, what I um, 
when I send all of my clients to Carl and I tell them that they should plan on a minimum of a year, but I would prefer them to spend two years because um, there's parts of this that are going to be uncomfortable, which is role playing, which is repetition. And, um, you know, if you're not great at this, which is why you're probably need training, um, you're, you need to master the system. And people ask me, why can't we shorten this? Because you haven't mastered it. So when someone asks you, uh, an, you know, a question that's an objection, you need to be able to spit this off. You need to go point A or to point B or point C, or maybe this person needs point F. Um, you need to, you need to, there's a lot of things that can happen in a sales call and you need to master the system, not do the cliff notes, right? And so that's why I tell people master the system, uh, spend a minimum of a year. And we've seen an amazing results for people we sent to Carl and, um, and I, I just recommend them. And the investment is very reasonable in my opinion, uh, for what you get and what you will gain. Um, you're going to get a system that is going to increase your close ratio and it's going to increase the job size that you close. Um, and so you're going to have both increase in uh, job size and you're going to have an increase in close ratio, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm just third party here. I'm, I, don't even, I don't even get anything from referring you to Carl. I just think he's got a great program and it, and uh, I just think it's it's a wonderful program for our well, industry. Thank, and thank you for your support, Sky. It's meant it's meant you know a lot to me over the last couple of years. Um, and you know the other thing too is is we're going to train you in the system, but we're also going to coach you how to implement it into your business. So we're there for you. We're gonna we're gonna hold your hand. We're gonna lead you through it. And I tell people all the time. I will not work harder at this than you're going to work. You know, you're going to do the work, but I, you know, if you're willing to put in the work, I'm willing to put in the extra time to help you get to where you want to get to. Um, you know, there's nothing, nothing beats a raving fan out there. Yeah. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you wished I had asked or, or something that you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Uh, you know, Scott, after we hang up, I'm going to think of about 20 things. You know that, don't you? <laughs> That'll be part two then. <laughs> part two. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You've already got so, the sequel set up. Yeah. So, uh, Carl, we'll put all of your information and links in our show notes. But uh, just so, so you can say it, what's the best way for people to reach out to you and connect with you if they'd like a little more information? Yep. They can, they can go to my website, which is contractorgrowthstrategy.com. Um, also Carl at contractorgrowthstrategy.com is my email. And, uh, I think you can even get on my calendar through my website. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's, uh, you can, you can schedule a strategy call. Um, the other thing is we always, uh, Scott, we always do a first call, which is non-committal. There's no commitment required. Uh, I know people think of us as sales trainers and we're going to sell it. We, we won't sell on the first call. Um, we will do some qualifying and make sure it's a good fit. And if it is a good fit, then we'll decide if it makes sense to continue talking. And if it doesn't, that's fine. You know, we, we don't want to bring anybody kicking and screaming into this that doesn't necessarily want to come. Yeah. More than ever with this economy and some of the weirdness that we're experiencing more than ever, I just am convinced you need a system because our clients are still growing. Um, to a to a company, but we're finding that the lead flow is tougher, and the job That's size right. is dwindling, and so you need more ammunition than ever before. And so, if you are struggling with 
anything along the sales journey, I would at least give Carl a call. It doesn't cost you a thing. And if nothing else, I believe he will leave that, leave you with something valuable from that call. So, you know, I think Carl's a great resource. We could talk for hours. There's so much um, that we could talk about, but this has been a good conversation and gives you a little um, glimpse into what Carl could do for your business if you're in a sales role or if you have salespeople in your company. Give Carl a call and um, let him tell you a little bit more about your about his system and and uh, see if it's a good fit for you. Carl, I appreciate your time and as always your friendship and what you've done for my clients and for our industry. I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Scott, and I appreciate you having us and. Um, Scott is such a great resource for everyone out there. I've seen what he's done for his clients. You know, I get to work on the back end and I see these guys come to the table. They're more organized, they're more structured, and they're growing because Scott's helping them put all the right things in place. And if you're not a client of Scott's, you need to be. Thanks. And you're then very you kind. can become a then you can become a client of mine. Get with Scott first. <laughs> Either way, it's all both are That's both right. are great. There you go. Thank, thanks so much, Carl. You're welcome, Scott. Thank you. Well, thanks again for joining us on the Beyond a Million Dollar podcast. If anything you heard on the show today intrigued you, or if you're just interested in getting in touch with Scott, please visit the show notes. You can click on the discovery call link to get started. We'd love to find out more about you, your company, and how consulting for contractors can help you grow your business to a million dollars and beyond.